Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to Lucy's Week in Ambridge. Well, I really enjoyed this week. Largely because it was significantly less bleak than last week when I had to switch over to the World at One for some light relief, and also because everyone did exactly what I was expecting them to, which in these uncertain times is enormously satisfying. And also everyone kept saying needs must, for no apparent reason. So, we began the week with Gavin, sounding all Welsh and despondent, chasing a lorry down the road because the driver had delivered Lego bricks instead of engineering bricks. What would engineering bricks be then? Meccano? Anyway... Poor old Blake finally got a word in edgeways and took the rap with furious Philip about the wrong order on the grounds that Gavin had always been a good mate to him. Even Gavin had the grace to sound embarrassed at that. As punishment, Philip took away their PlayStation, so Gavin got Blake a ZX Spectrum instead and they all played happily together in their bombed-out squad. The more Philip goes on, the more I want his unveiling to be dramatic, painful and ideally very soon. Elizabeth lost her purple folder, which she needs for her call to doubting Bernard, and Freddie was not much help, as he decided that what he needed to do to get a handle on the Christmas play was read every book in the Lower Loxley Library from the Doomsday Book on. Then he decided that was ridiculous once he'd got them all down, so he decided to find them online and print them all out instead. He spent ten minutes complaining that people didn't think he was in control and that he didn't have a plan. Then he went on the Zoom call and spent ten minutes complaining that people kept thinking he was in control and that he had a plan. I'm not entirely sure what he envisaged his role as being, really. I mean, I know the role of producer can often be confusing, but having a bit of an idea about what you're expecting people to do and say is pretty fundamental. Anyway, with a sob of relief, apparently, he handed the whole shit show over to Roman, who, with the benefit of his experience as man walking past window in the Go Compare advert, is going to turn it into a never-to-be-forgotten production. Trouble is with Lower Loxley Productions, they're all never to be forgotten, and that's generally the trouble. There's either a fatal accident, X-rated material that results in minibuses full of traumatised children, a mad old man cornering people and yelling doggerel at them, or daylight robbery in the form of being charged £9 a head to walk up a tree. Anyway, Roman, as is the tradition with all dramatic amateurs, was very, very pleased with himself at the prospect of being able to introduce them to the concept of theatrical icebreaker games. I nearly got chucked out of a class at Sheffield University for refusing to do one of these, so I was entirely on David's side. Roman said that he wanted to expose the areas that we normally like to keep hidden, and then once David had pulled his trousers back up, they played two truths and a lie. 
Roman said worryingly that all David's experiences seemed to centre around animals, which made me think maybe he was taking AI a bit too far, and Oliver's were all the sort of Terry Thomas anecdotes you'd expect. He went into unnecessary detail about the mounting and dismounting of Cynthia Bloxall. Then David worked on his and they were, I'm nearly a pensioner and I play with a toy farm. I've invested loads of money in a business I know nothing about. And my wife killed her mother at a service station. Incidentally, I'm sorry for the digression here, hardcore archers people. Uh, There's a lovely anecdote about Michael Bryant playing Badger in Alan Bennett's Wind in the Willows at the National in the 1990s. Nicholas Heitner told the cast to watch nature documentaries to really understand how their animal characters moved. At the next rehearsal, he asked Michael Bryant how badgers moved. Funnily enough, exactly like Michael Bryant, came the reply. Anyway, Tracy suddenly remembered that she hadn't returned the invite with Elizabeth, but said warmly that if Elizabeth didn't mind eating potato faces off her knees while they watched Holmes under the hammer, she would be more than welcome. Do you know, that still sounds more fun to me than dinner with Vince Casey at the Feathers. I'm completely lost now about what the hell Eddie is doing. He's pretending to be a detectorist. I can see why he was trying to do that. Because he wanted his metal detector back and he wanted first dibs on discovering the Ferrero Rocher wrappers on Brookfield land. But now, why is he still doing it? Eddie never does anything unless there's something in it for him. I mean, surely going onto an online forum under an assumed name, driving out to a remote car park in a rural area and sitting in his van flashing his lights at a group of strange men in other cars. Oh, hang on. Yes. Yes, I see what's going on. Yes, no wonder he was reluctant to take David with him. Georgie has now apparently moved on from church robbery to computer hacking. He was the genius that got Eddie's fake ID set up. He's got the true Grundy entrepreneurial spirit and compared to the rest of them, who generally have their shoes on the wrong feet, a keen intelligence. Poppy, sorry, Parpy, isn't backwards and coming forwards either. She nicked Eddie's phone and downloaded an app called Talking Tom. It says, I've got a business plan. It's all about the brand. And have you got my wallet, Natasha? On Radio Gobshite, Susan was interviewing Terry Button on all things mushroom. Buttons, mushrooms. Oh, come on. Why the hell was Jill boiling mincemeat? You don't cook it. That's made me question all her culinary knowledge now. We've only got their word for it that her cake is nice. For all we know, she could be putting marmite in her lemon drizzle. At Brookfield, they're never allowed to eat cake from the big out there, so they don't know. Leonard tries to give gentle instruction to keep the more surreal elements of her baking under control. You can hear it. Leonard likes the minced peel in his mince pies to be chunky, but he prefers his without the sausage. No wonder poor Ben got so nervous making that cake for a birthday. It's the first time he'd had Victoria sponge without tripe. Jill was talking of mincemeat. Elizabeth was talking of vincemeat. See what I did there? She described him as charming and gentlemanly, and then more realistically talked about the fact that what she liked was the fact that he found her intimidating. So she swans about like Audrey Forbes Hamilton, and Vince is like Peter Bowles up at the big house while she laughs at him for saying toilet and talking about red hunting coats. Ha ha ha. And then the best bit we heard Neil. Oh, how lovely. I nearly cried. He's even found a nice council farm for Rex, which is like a normal farm, but you have to go on a two month waiting list to get your boiler fixed. We've had Neil, now we've got Christmas, then the vaccine, then springtime. Things are looking up, chaps. The end.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.